listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from the oil industry from Neil Beveridge, Senior Energy Analyst at Bernstein. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. Um, So APEC have recently said that they can actually cut production continuously in the coming months and beyond March, yet oil prices continue to fall. So what is actually driving the sell-off? Yeah, there's a couple of things here. First of all, the uh, production cuts from some of the OPEC members are considered as voluntary. Um, And secondly, the cuts um, only extend really until the end of the first quarter. And so, you know, there's a lot of concern around, you know, once we get through the first quarter, uh, what will OPEC do? And will we um, see OPEC output rise after that? Um, leading to you know higher supply in the market, uh, potentially pushing prices down. So I think the view on the oil market was really, you know, while, while the while the OPEC meeting, um, you know, in Vienna certainly provided a bit of near term clarity on the first quarter. Um, it's just not uh, really enough to um, maintain prices at the moment above eighty dollars a barrel. And how much is uh, U.S. Uh, oil production, which is you know? seemingly trying to make up for this, any cuts in OPEC having an effect? Yeah, I mean, well, U.S. shale has been the big, big driver of supply over the last decade. It's been really incredible, the growth in, in shale production. And um, the U.S. is now, uh, you know, a net uh, energy exporter as a result of the growth in shale. Um, what we're seeing is certainly a maturing of the shale industry uh, and a slowing of growth. But, you know, we still saw uh, a million barrels of growth in the US last year. While we think that's going to slow um, into 2024, we're also going to see um, demand slow next year. And it's really about the relative balance between supply and demand as we head into next year. And I think the worry is that despite all the CapEx cuts that have really happened within the industry, um, the slowdown that we're seeing in non-OPEC supply and in US supply is not really enough to tighten the markets uh, to push prices significantly higher at the moment. So is this the beginning of the end of oil? It's not the beginning of the end of oil. Um, you know, we think that oil demand is probably going to grow um, to about 108, 108 million barrels um, um, through to the end of the decade. Um, and we expect uh, peak demand to occur um, around then. But we still expect oil demand to be around uh, 60, 70 million barrels a day by 2050. Um, what we're seeing on demand at the moment is certainly some really interesting trends around electric vehicles, so global EV penetration when it comes to sales um, is now around 15, 16%. Um, and that's going to continue to grow and that will eventually lead to a peaking of gasoline demand. But gasoline is only about 25% of global oil demand. Uh, There's still a lot of oil that's used in uh, freight and in petrochemicals and in um, aviation. Um, And some of that oil is a lot harder to displace. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading that a lot of emerging markets, for example, they, they need a reliance on oil. So that will continuously be there for the foreseeable future. 
Yes, I mean, population growth is going to grow by another 2 billion uh, people over the next, um, you know, 20, 30 years. And, uh, you know, as the global economy continues to grow, the population continues to expand, you know, that's going to lead to, um, you know, higher uh, and not lower energy consumption. Of course, there's a key requirement to decarbonize energy markets. And of course, we've got COP28, um, you know, going on um, um, right now in the UAE and, and a lot of discussions around how to decarbonize and while we're making progress and certainly things like EVs and hydrogen uh, the progress is not really um, enough to um, um, bring about a kind of peaking of fossil fuel demand um, right now uh, and I think it's going to take time for this energy transition really to play out. Well, yeah, I mean you just mentioned COP28 and uh, one of the interesting th things that I saw um, was that they were saying there's no science uh, out there that oil will uh, fix the climate issues. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's pretty clear that, um, you know, climate change is real, it's happening, and it's being brought about by increased, um, you know, carbon emissions, which, you know, continue to rise and, um, you know, continue to cause global warming. So I think the link between, you know, fossil fuel production, carbon emissions and climate change is, is, is unequivocal. I think the real issue is about whether or not consumers are willing to pay, you know, higher costs to switch to lower carbon fuels. Because at the moment, you know, the, the reality is that low carbon fuels are, you know, such as oil and gas, um, they have a very high energy density, they're easy to store, and they're relatively cheap. Moving to some of the green alternatives, um, 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 you know, are going to be more expensive. Um, and, you know, I think consumers, well, we've got a cost of living squeeze, you know, just simply not prepared to pay, um, you know, these higher costs, um, 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 uh, you know, at the moment. So so I think the link between certainly fossil fuels and, and global warming is clear. Um, um, but I think, you know, fixing that problem is something that's going to take decades and is not something that we can do just in a few years. I mean, I think also another, another thing is why switching to EVs, um, while on the road we might have less roadside pollution, the actual production of the EVs, consumes a lot of those type of energies as well so it's not necessarily helping the climate there either yeah i mean i think it's um you know there's been numerous articles around uh, certainly the um, emissions that come from the production of batteries uh, and also the um particular emissions that you get from the fact that EVs are heavier and, you know, just the um, um, the wear and tear of the tyres, uh, the additional wear and tear in the tyres that you get from heavier EVs, uh, actually that's a source of, of, of local pollution. So it, it's not a complete panacea, but but the reality is that, you know, as we're able to decarbonise, you know, energy, energy markets more broadly, um, you know, EVs will reduce um you know oil consumption which will be a net positive in terms of reducing uh, emissions but as i said you know that's only 25% of the product slate there's another 75% um of the product slate um you know when it comes to diesel kerosene um um um, um that you need to to address um to really um you know eliminate oil from the economy and, th and that's going to take a long time okay we've got 10 seconds left so in one word is it going to be a positive year or a negative year for tw in 2024 for oil? Well, if you look at our recent outlook, we think oil prices are going to be very broadly flat uh, in the in the low $80 per barrel. So um, not too different, I think, from where we are uh, in 2023. 
All right, well, thank you. That's all the time we have for you. Um, so that was Neil Beveridge, Senior Energy Analyst at Bernstein. Thanks a lot, Neil, for coming in.